How do we find hope in the dark times facing our nation? Find out on today's episode of A View from the Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. This is Dylan Burroughs along with Joseph Kerr, and let's get right to it today. Our nation has faced serious issues lately, including protesters breaking into the U.S. Capitol during a joint session of Congress. Today, Pastor Tom Hughes is here to join us for a discussion regarding the Christian response to these issues and how to have hope during such challenging times. For those unfamiliar with Pastor Tom, is pastor of 412 Church in California. He is also the founder of Hope for Our Times, where he discusses prophecy and world events. Pastor Tom has been on the program with us before, and we're honored to have him here with us again today. Pastor Tom, welcome to A View from the Wall. Hey, thank you. And uh, this is just, uh, I love being here. This is fantastic. And what a world we live in, man. Oh, you said it. If people have been watching the news at all lately, they're probably shrugging their shoulders, shaking their heads, going, what are we supposed to do about these things we are facing today, especially when you look at what happened on January 6th in our nation's capital? Uh, we, we both have friends, uh, Joe and I, who were actually there in Washington uh, witnessing these events. And some people are talking about how this chaos fits in with what the Bible says about the end times. So let's just start off and talk a little bit about this. What is this all about? How does connect with what we see with what the Bible says about the last days? Well, I, I think that's a great question. Uh, you know, one of the signs that Jesus mentioned uh, to be watchful for just before he returns is lawlessness. And you and I are watching lawlessness abound. In fact, Jesus specifically said uh, lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. I think you could put those two things together and make the observation that we are seeing that not only in America, but we are seeing it throughout the whole world. In fact, I've been talking about lawlessness worldwide for a long time, but it has really come home uh, to America. And, and again, I cannot help but think for encouragement for anybody watching, you know, one of the problems that we have is we look at the sign. In other words, the event that's taking place, Jesus said, these are the signs. So we look at those signs or events, as being the end all. This is, but Jesus said, no, 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 no. Those signs point to the fact that I am coming again. Don't get stuck on the signs. Understand what the signs point to. Lawlessness, chaos. This is a huge one. We just happen to be experiencing it in America right now in the ways that Jesus described. Tom, we've enjoyed a few years where we have largely had our Christian values align with what's been coming out of Washington, at least on some of the major issues, Israeli policy, emphasis on the value of human life and against abortion and human trafficking, religious freedom, America first, we could list a whole lot more. But as things play out now, it looks as if all the constitutional options have been exhausted at this point, and there will be a Biden-Harris administration. What should a Christian's attitude be under these circumstances? I think we should just give up. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't think that at all. Listen, we, we need to be pressing forward. If you go back in history, let's, let's just go back to uh, the time of Christ. Jesus is uh, murdered. Uh, he, he dies. 
He raises from the dead. He ascends uh, the Holy Spirit. He sends the Holy Spirit upon all those who are believers. And the Holy Spirit now indwells every person that's alive, that is in Christ Jesus. So when you look back to the first century and you fast forward it to now, what happened? You have this Roman government that is extremely oppressive. They start murdering those who are faithful to the Lord. In fact, the early Christians, back to the time of the Roman government, they were persecuted because they believed in Jesus. And they didn't worship the government. They didn't worship Rome as if Rome was God. They kept Christ first. It wasn't that they were deliberately disobedient, but they were deliberately, excuse me, obedient to the Lord. So when they did that, it flied in the face of the Roman government. They experienced persecution. Throughout history, this has been the case of believers, if they've lived in a world or in a country that was uh, negative toward the gospel. Uh, Look at what's going on in China right now. You look at what's going on in Muslim nations right now. You have people who are faithful, that are willing to uh, give their lives in order to worship Jesus Christ. And I believe that this time of testing is going to increase. But as I look at it, as what should we be doing? We're all going to put Christ first. In fact, in Second Peter chapter 3, Peter tells us, as you see that day approaching, we are to be uh, pressing forward in holy conduct and godliness and looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord. We should be excited that these things are happening because they point to Jesus coming. And again, we have hope in that uh, because we know this isn't the end. This is as close to hell as we are ever going to get. But for those who don't know Christ, this world is as close to heaven as they're ever going to get. So we, we see this attempt with globalism and developing a utopian world without God. That is man's attempt. But praise God, this is the closest we're ever going to get to hell if you know Christ Jesus. Well, that's a good way to put it, and such powerful words. We have just a couple of minutes before our break, and I want to take a moment to look at Isaiah 24, the first few verses there. You spoke about that in your recent prophecy update, and it sounded like you may be reading from the news headlines from today. Take a little bit of time and share what that means for our listeners today. Oh, you bet. You know, it's a powerful passage. Isaiah says, of that time, all the joys of life will be gone. The grape harvest will fail. Uh, there's going to be no wine. Uh, the merrymakers, one translation says, the merrymakers will sigh and mourn. So the joy is gone. If you look at people right now, well, you can't even see most people's faces because of the mask. But if you look, there is joy that is gone. Also says in that passage, the cities will rise in chaos. Every home is locked to keep out the looters. And, and so you look, you look at this and this looks like America today. Also goes on and says, gladness has been banished from the land. And it seems to me, this is the direction that everything is going. But the remarkable thing about this, we seem to be experiencing this now, the way the Bible describes it, it is going to actually be much worse in the, in the future. It's like right now we're, we're living uh, the uh, uh, trailer coming attractions of what's going to happen. But the Bible gives us these signs so we can know, but then we can also have hope. Well, these are powerful words, and we're going to take a quick break and be right back with more. Stick with us here on A View from the Wall. From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. Believers in Christ are called to tell others about the love of Christ. I understand that for some, this is difficult. 
Maybe sharing and witnessing does not come naturally to you. Maybe you're rather shy or introverted. The good news is God empowers His people to serve and share. That means God will help you to do what He calls you to do. And when you share about Jesus, your words do not need to be perfect. They just need to come from the heart. Begin by sharing what Jesus has done for you. Share that God is good, the Bible is true, and that Jesus is coming again. Urge folks to be ready for the rapture. Watchman Witness. It's as simple as that. Visit IamAWatchman.com for free resources designed to help you grow to be the witness God wants you to be. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a Watchman. IamAWatchman.com Welcome back to A View from the Wall with Pastor Tom Hughes, who serves as leader for Hope for Our Times and Ministries at HopeForOurTimes.com. And we appreciate his commentary and insights and encourage you to check out his updates there as well. And as we continue our discussion today, I think to those listeners who thought 2020 would end and everything would be good again and life would go back to normal, but then 2021 has not turned out normal at all so far. We see COVID continuing to grow in numbers. We see the capital in turmoil. What do you think we should expect as we continue this year and see what the future may hold for us? You know, that is a, that's a loaded question. <laughs> yes, yeah, it 20, is. Uh, in 2020, we heard of a great reset, uh, coronavirus. Uh, we learned what a mask was. You know, I used to think a mask was just something that you wore Halloween. But uh, we found out what mask is. We've learned a whole lot about social distancing and all these other things. So when I look at 2020, I, I look at 2020 as being more of a great setup for what is coming. And I cannot imagine that the globalists that are running these things right now are going to suddenly let up and just say, okay, everybody gets to go back to normal. Capitalism is just going to take off. America is going to be great. It's not going to go that way. There's a global agenda. And uh, you know, I hear talks about other viruses now that are coming. We're going to have to wear masks for the foreseeable future, even the unforeseeable future, and everybody's going to have to be vaccinated. But there is something interesting. I want to throw kind of a, a monkey wrench in there. There's a, there's a puzzle in this because in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the Bible also says, as the Apostle Paul is talking about coming, he, he talks about the rapture, there will be a generation that's caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And then he goes on to describe what's going to take place. He says, people will be crying out, peace and safety, but then sudden destruction will come upon them and they will not escape, uh, being people who are left behind, who miss the rapture. So there appears to be a time of where people are saying, okay, peace, okay, now we're in security, now everything is going good. So the Bible, to me, implies that there is going to be some kind of relief, at least a, I believe it's going to be a fake relief, um, but it's going to be enough to get people to let their guard down and think, okay, now everything is good. Maybe it's after the rapture of the church and, and those crazy Christians are out of here. Now we're going to have a world that's really good. Now we can build that utopian dream. Will that happen in 2021? I don't know. But for the foreseeable future, what I do see before that time of peace and safety coming is the gas bill isn't going to be let off and we're going to experience more of the same. I also do believe it's going to be an increase of persecution against Christians. I believe it's going to be more difficult to have a church if your church teaches the Bible. 
and especially if you're someone that teaches a Bible prophecy and that Jesus is coming again, and you give warning uh, about the signs regarding the second coming of Christ. Let's talk about where that leaves Christians right now, because you said, yes, we still need to be engaged, but let's talk about how, because there are people who argue that there were irregularities or even things that were done that were illegal in the last elections. There are a lot of Christians who are very disillusioned right now. Should Christians still be involved in political things? Should they still vote or should we just all go to the bunker and wait for Jesus to come? Well, we're never commanded or encouraged to go to the bunker in the Bible. In fact, when we go back again to the early church when it first started, even into the Old Testament, you don't have people who love the Lord that were ever just uh, encouraged to just hide out. In fact, Gideon had all kinds of pressure against him. When he had a much smaller army, God says, okay, we're going for it, and I'm going to fight for you. And I believe that we're witnessing a smaller army now. The church has been shrunk as far as gathering together. But God wants to get the glory, and God's going to get the glory we need to, it's a spiritual battle. We forget that. Americans have been preached that for years from pastors and pulpits uh, to people in the hearing, listen, our, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. But then when we come to a place where we realize, wait a minute, it really is against principalities and powers, uh, people are just still fighting it in flesh and blood. And they're, and they're saying, this is too hard of a fight. I don't want to get involved. It is a spiritual fight. Now is not the time to lay down. Now is the time that hopefully will wake up those who believe in the righteousness of Jesus Christ and get into the fight and realize this is what God has called us to. He has not called us to be sissies. He's called us to be strong men and women, be strong men, Lord, in the power of his might, and you go for it and get involved in the political arena like you never did before. We are in a fight, and we're in a spiritual fight, and we need to press forward. Well, those are some good words of advice for Christians today, especially when so many people are discouraged or are so concerned about what other people think of them. I think of what Luke twenty one twelve says, where Jesus spoke about before all this, talking about the tribulation time, says before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. And I want to address that a little bit before we end this segment. What do we need to be prepared for as Christians when it comes to this area of persecution? As we stand up, live out our values, we know people are going to resist at times, that people will stand against us. Uh, what do we need to be prepared for in this uh, realm of persecution as Christians today? Yeah, well, that's a great question. So again, uh, I think the easiest way to, to work it out in our minds and in our hearts and our commitment to the Lord is to look at what's going on in other countries right now. I see what they're doing in Iran under the threat of persecution, their threat of arrest, their threat of death, same thing going on in China various parts of the world, people are being slaughtered because they are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. I think we would do really well to have it in our mind that uh, the church may very well be underground. I just finished talking with a a friend of mine. He's a pastor of another church that's open. He said he believes that's just a very short matter of time, possibly by the end of 2021, where the church is going to be like it was in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit's going to do great work, but uh, but there's going to be those who are looking to end us, they're going to be uh, looking for the Christian going, going church to church or house to house. And I believe we're going to be meeting in houses. I don't know if that's going to happen in 2021, but I'm preparing my mind for it. I'm preparing our church for it and realizing persecution. Listen, persecution is painful, but Jesus also said that if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. And the trouble is we look at persecution and think, man, we've entered into the tribulation period. 
not so fast. Look up, your redemption draws near, and the persecution does purify. And I'm already witnessing it where even in my own personal life, I can say I'm closer to the Lord now than I've ever been before. And I'm talking to more and more Christians like that because they're in the fight. We're not just laying down. Our church is open in in the state of California where they do everything they can to make sure you don't have a church that's open. We preach the gospel. We don't give warm and fuzzy stories. It is about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think it's time for people to step up and be like Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Isaiah. Jesus is coming. And for all of us to be watchmen and watch women, we can see what is coming. We must proclaim the truth. But don't be afraid to save our life. Understand there's eternal life Christ has promised us. This is not our home. I love that focus that even during difficult times, there is hope. And we'll talk more about that after this quick break here on A View from the Wall. Stick with us. The rapture can happen at any time. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? What will happen to those left behind? We've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Included in the Rapture Kit is a Bible and vital information on what the Rapture is and how to prepare for what's to come. The Rapture Kit also includes eight books on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk, and being a watchman for the Lord, plus a number of video and audio teachings all preloaded on an eight gigabyte flash drive. Become more strategic and active in your witnessing. Warn the lost about the coming rapture and help individuals in the post-rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org. Welcome back for our final segment today with Pastor Tom Hughes on A View from the Wall. We've enjoyed some powerful insights already. And as we look at Scripture, it tells us we are called to be salt and light. Uh, Pastor Tom, I want you to take a moment right now to talk to pastors and Christian leaders. Our churches are, in many cases, still closed right now. So how can we be salt and light in our society? And how can churches lead the way in doing what is right in a culture that is often so dark? Well, that's... You know, that's a question that's, that's quite challenging to answer right now. Well, it's not so hard to answer. It's, I think it's hard to receive if you're part of a church that is closed or even for a pastor that is unwilling to open. There's some pastors that are a little bit fearful of opening. I want to encourage you, if you're listening, open up, go for it. This world is not our home. Amen. And, and look at some of the other pastors that have opened up their church under great threat. I have a friend, he's up in Northern California, in the heart of Silicon Valley. He's in San Jose. He's had almost a million dollars of fines right now, uh, but he's moving forward. What an encouragement it is for me as I look at that. If he can do that, I certainly can open up in the county that I'm in, So, and we've been open. So, so take heart, take encouragement from that. Don't be afraid. The fear of man brings a snare. That is what the Bible tells us, and that is what is happening. Unfortunately, there's a whole lot of pastors that don't want to open. Uh, they, they just, uh, this is my observation. They would rather just go along with the flow, uh, not confront anyone, not be confronted, and, and they're unwilling to go out and press forward with the gospel. I, I would say this 
If you can't tell people about Jesus Christ now, when it's still not that hard, how on earth does somebody think they're going to be able to tell people about Jesus Christ in the future when this fight's going to get much harder? Or, or in the words of Solomon, I believe it was, how do you expect to run with the, keep up with the horses when you can't even keep up with the foot soldiers? In the passage in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, where the Bible says it's a commandment. Do not forsake the gathering together as some have done. That's a commandment from the Lord. But encourage one another, and all the more you see the day approaching. We're watching the day approaching, and what we need to do is encourage one another. And sometimes that encouragement is, is, is a good spiritual kick in the pants. Hey, get back in the game. Uh, put on your big boy boots and your big girl boots. We've got a fight, a spiritual fight that we are in. Jesus is coming. We must be about the gospel, but we do need to encourage one another. And all the more we see the day approaching. Let's take it back to Bible prophecy for just a minute. We've had a lot of questions, and I'm sure you have as well. The pandemic is kind of central to a lot of what's going on right now, even some of the election. Where does that fit into Bible prophecy? So in uh, the Olivet Discourse, uh, Matthew 24, Mark 15, Luke chapter 21, Jesus is asked by his disciples what's the sign of your coming in the end of age. And then in those passages, Jesus listed several different signs. Uh, one of them, uh, Dylan has already quoted uh, with the persecution. But another sign that's in Matthew 24, in the last days, there will be pestilence. And uh, the way Jesus described it is uh, that's the beginning of sorrows. That's, that's a term likened to a woman who is pregnant, about ready to get birth. So pestilence, that'd be virus, disease, of various sorts will increase like birth pains upon a pregnant woman in frequency and intensity as you see the day approaching. And so when I look at coronavirus, it's real. It's not, I do not believe personally it's as deadly as we were told it was going to be back in February and March, but it's real enough that people are getting sick. I have a few people that I know that have died from it, but it's not as deadly as the Spanish flu was. Nevertheless, it is still real. It's a pestilence. And, and again, one of the signs. However, there's a lot more that is coming according to the Bible than coronavirus, and what's coming is going to be much more severe. The other way I look at coronavirus, I look at coronavirus as being the accelerator. It's been used by globalists to accelerate a global kingdom. If we look at the, if virtually the entire world is walking together through this current world transition. Everything is changing. We are hearing about it. It's going to continue to change. As I said earlier in the program, uh, they're not going to let off on the gas pedal. They've got people's attention. The, by far, the majority of people are going along with all of the changes and doing what they're told. I'm fearful, so it's the coronavirus is the accelerator to bring about that kingdom, but I'm much more fearful of the other pestilences that are coming in the future because Jesus said they will, and those will be much more severe than what we've got going right now. Well, I want to jump in here with one more question before we wrap up and pick up on a couple of thoughts you've mentioned. One is the importance of the church, and you mentioned the essential role the church plays in encouraging churches to open and people to meet, even in their homes if they have to. And then also this idea of being prepared, living out your faith despite the hard times that we're facing in our country right now. I want you to close with the word of encouragement and challenge for those who are the watchmen and watchwomen listening today. What should they be doing? How can you encourage encourage them to stay faithful during some of these difficult times we are facing right now. If there's a word that describes what's happening right now, 
more than any other word, it is fear. And fear is, when people are afraid, they're very easy to manipulate. But we also know that fear is one of the biblical signs of the last days. Jesus said there'll be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and there'll be perplexity in nations. Nations will look and go, okay, how are we going to work through the problems that we have? And you're going to have leaders that are going to make really bad decisions, and they're not going to know what to do. And then after that, Jesus says, men's hearts will fail them from the fear and expectation of what's coming upon the planet. The fear and what they are, what they believe is going to happen next, that describes exactly where we are right now. So when I see that as a sign, we do best if we remember not to get hung up on the sign. Don't get hung up on the event because Jesus immediately said after that, after he said men's hearts will fail them from the fear and expectation of what is coming, he said, when you see these things begin to take place, look up your redemption draws near. Listen, we can look at Pharaoh's army coming against us, but God is doing something remarkable. Let's not forget that. The Lord Jesus Christ has something absolutely incredible planned. We don't know what it is yet, but if you know Christ, you're on his side. It is incredible. It is going to be absolutely glorious. We don't know what it is, but Jesus doesn't want us looking at Pharaoh's army. He doesn't want us to be in fear of everything that is going on right now. He wants us to look to him. He has something exciting planned, something hopeful, and he says, your redemption is near. I am coming. I am calling you home. Get ready for that. I have something fantastic that's in the work. Well, you've been listening to Pastor Tom Hughes, Director of Hope For Our Times Ministry at HopeForOurTimes.com. I do hope that you'll check out his website and the resources he has. There's so much more that we weren't able to get to today that I want to encourage you to check out on your own there. You can also find out more about our program at IamAWatchman.com. Follow us on our social media links there. We want to thank you again for joining us today and look forward to being with you next time on A View From The Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.